Hello, is this Jerry? Hello? Hey, this is Howie the Rat. Oh, would you like some glory hole? <laughs> no, I was actually calling to see if I could move up from 12 to 10. Would you like to trade? I love making trades because trades are fun and I can do the things and do the stuff and do the moves around around the stuff in the valley. Uh, who are you looking to come get there, Rat? Great. Uh, could we move up from Micah Parsons? Excuse me, say that again. I'm a little old, can't hear. Uh, Micah Parsons out of Penn State? Uh, you can go fuck yourself. Okay, thank you. Bye. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Like Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yep. Hey, idiots. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope Dude, is gone. Hope. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. That is the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful Podcast. I'll be watching. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to episode 95 of Birds vs. Boys. We are in the, I guess you could say, dog days of the season. Not really, though. It's the end of the season, which is making me sad. There's only four regular season games left. The crunch and time. We, yeah, crunch time. There we go. And we have an extra game this year. Can you imagine if we only had three games like normal lifetime? I'd be miserable. I, I now realize it's better. Not for the players' bodies, but for yeah. me sitting on my couch. Yeah, it's absolutely better. Four weeks of fantasy playoffs starting now. Four weeks left in the season where it's like a dead heat with seven playoff seeds. It is 1,000% better to someone who's not putting their body on the line. Uh, thank you for the fantasy win in the Branded League for the Olds against you this week. I think you had Adam Thielen playing. Um, and somebody else. So uh, the olds have gone from one and five to eight and six, second overall in the league. We're going to take it all down because I think there's three people actually still playing. Listen, man, I added a big money on my other league that we've been doing for like 12 years. Got to focus. You can't lose focus. Lose What's that quote from Ocean's 11? Lose focus in the second mm-hmm. for one game for one second. Mm-hmm. All right, so if it's your first time here, I am KMS. That is Aiden. This is Birds vs. Boys. Uh, if you are listening again and again and again, like our Spotify numbers have been showing, thank you to all of you. And make sure you uh, tell a friend, tell a family member. Hop on the Birds vs. Boys bandwagon. So we got a little bit of everything for anybody. We talk NFL. We talk kind of whatever you want. We Civil War. Right. Yeah, Civil War. <laughs> Uh, public hangings, you know, we are also kind of Aiden unhinged right now. And the handcuffs are off because our producer is getting too big for us. And he's not behind the scenes right now. <laughs> Two things. One, you think just now we're becoming unhinged <laughs> just more, now <laughs> more unhinged. <laughs> and two, yeah, we've been big timed by our producer He's too good for us now. He has an interview with some guy named Brent Musburger. Never so he couldn't be on with us because now he works for Warren Sharp, uh, who has a blue check mark on Twitter. So he's better than us. Uh, so Dave Portman has a blue check mark. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, at the end of the episode, where we have two TikToks tonight. We'll see if uh, we'll see if Vince's agent or his intern let him know what the TikTok subjects were tonight, or if some intern put the list together for him. Who knows? I mean, he's probably in contract negotiations with with somebody else at this point. We've it's amazing how quickly 
one forgets about who makes who's made them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Totally put forgot his roots. Just mm-hmm. yep, left us in the dust. Mm-hmm. Totally forgot his we roots. We had a phenomenal so- interview with this Australian guy. We got like a eight second clip out of it. The beginning of the days, we used to have 17 clips a show. The guy got on one office. He he put together an office and then he forgot who he was. He gets but an IKEA desk, puts yeah. it together himself, and now he thinks he's God. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. He 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 started talking to people with blue check marks on Twitter, mm-hmm. and then he was like, Oh, I forget who I am. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I believe we have somebody on the show tonight with a blue check mark, Aiden. Oh, yeah. I'm actually excited for this. Um, it's a cowboy's person personality. <laughs> That the reoccurring theme is that I keep saying I'm excited for this Cowboys personality. We've got Chris Arnold. He is of 105.3 The Fan, correct? Mm-hmm. Who, which is your favorite radio station down there in Dallas. Absolutely. Also, can't wait to get into this. Uh, the MC for the Dallas Mavericks. So Great we, voice. We may be talking about NBA as well as the Cowboys-Eagles rivalry. Well, PNR so, crossover. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what we need. Especially this time of year. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be a great interview that we have coming up another Cowboys personality, but, uh, we loved it. Cause last week, like we said, we did a Washington football team. It was perfect. So now we're kind of, we're back to our roots this week. We are, we are. It's yeah. It's, I listen to him all the time. He does, uh, the tailgate show, which is the pregame show before the pregame show on game days as well. Um, so yeah, he's going to be a lot of fun to have a ton of questions to ask him. Do you want to, uh, well, one thing before we get into Eagles Cowboys, that I don't want to talk about, but I feel like we kind of almost have to. Um, that that C word's kind of back in the league, huh? Co- uh, COVID. Oh, <laughs> my brain. <laughs> yeah, did not, not go there. <laughs> like we, like I told you, we. If you think unhinged is just <laughs> now happening, if you would have read my mind just now, COVID you would have known there. that this is not the start of unhinged. But yeah. <laughs> It's it's not great. Um, 75 players in the last two days. And we're recording this on Tuesday. We usually record on Wednesday, but it's Tuesday night. And there have been 75 players who have tested positive in the last two days. What's wild is I think it's worse than the NBA. Like they, the Bulls had like 10 players on the list alone. Just one team. I mean, and I the, think the, uh, the Nets also have like eight now. Washington legitimately might not be able to field a defense against your Eagles this weekend. Well, I mean... That's why we'll get into it when we talk Eagles, but there's like a simplicity factor to life right now for the Eagles that I'm not accustomed to, but it's just there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it it sucks because, and I thought about this, like we brought up fantasy football before, and I was listening to a show and I'm not going to put them out there, but they were like, oh, well, it could be good luck. Depend like just talking about like how a player could be out and saying it's bad luck because it's the playoffs. And the guy was like, oh, well, it could be good luck. And I'm like, you don't want to win your league because no, no. the other guy is three players who have COVID and it applies to real life too. Like you don't want to win because the other team has like six players on the COVID list. Like if you play the Rams this week, I forget who they play. Like, all right. If you don't play Jalen Ramsey, Odell, I believe they play uh, the Ravens. They play the Ravens. I think so. Yeah. I think you're right. Because I don't know if you've seen the back stretch of the Ravens um, schedule. It's not fun. No, it's not. And Lamar's hurt. Remember when last year when I was like, if we were an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 yeah. minutes. This year, if we were an AFC North podcast, it would take three hours. Qu- question and hypothetical that just popped in my brain. Super Bowl, let's say, let's say it's a rematch of last year, this year. Okay, Bucks, Chiefs. Which would be hilarious. I heard uh, another podcast talking about this. 
as crazy as this year has been, and there are so many contenders, it realistically could just be a rematch. Absolutely. Let's say it's a rematch, and day of or day before or a few days before, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady both test positive for COVID. Does the league push the game back? I don't think you can. Well, let's say uh, the week before, and they don't know. It's wishy-washy. This is messed up to say, but everything we've seen from the NFL is about money. They would say that they passed the test and let them play with COVID. You're right. They they just wouldn't stop it. Like, they're just not going to miss out on the money. They're, They're never, like... And give it a take it one step further. If it were a Patriots Bucks Super oh. Bowl and Tom Brady tested positive for COVID no chance. Like five days before, he would they would let him play. Like they're not gonna miss out on the greatest ratings bonanza of all time. Money drives everything. Yep, it does. It does. All right. Um let's let's get in since we have the interview coming up. Um oh I did want to throw out there too, told you. Um, so girl that I grew up with is next door neighbors and best friends with Michael Parsons. So I have a realistic opportunity soon that I'm going to be FaceTiming and saying hello to Michael Parsons. Please tell him how much I love him. I will. Thank but you. I was like, what? She's like, oh, yeah, he's over here for game night every Friday night. I'm like, all right, so he's not doing dumb things. She's like, no, he acts like a, you know, like a, an adult. I go, my, you made me very happy with that. Yeah. My favorite thing that you told me that he did the classic like neighbor thing. But I thought this was like you're 40 years old and live in suburbia. Which I guess most of his neighbors probably are, because mm-hmm. it takes you 20 years to get sustainable income, unless you're already the best linebacker in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did the thing where when he moved into the neighborhood, he knocked on the door. Yeah. I was like, "Hi, I'm the new neighbor." Yeah, literally. <laughs> and her, so they're they're both diehard Giant fans, and her husband was like, looked at the ring doorbell and was like, "Micah Parsons is at our front door." <laughs> unbelievable that's awesome all right let's get into it so the eagles take on the washington football team who was disposed of probably should have disposed of um much worse last week but uh they got the win so you get uh noodle arm tyler heineke and washington maybe yeah i'd rather play him than allen because allen has a better arm than him i don't know i think there's a level of chaos factor with taylor Heineke heineke stinks I know, but there's just like, there's a level of just chaos. It's like the, he's like the wild card scene from It's Always Sunny with Charlie Kelly. It's like, you don't know what's about to happen. (laughs) Yes, you do. You have a good defensive line. They have a bad offensive line. Murder season. I'll tell you what, you were right though. He throws so many footballs that, if you're a Washington fan, I don't know how you don't have six panic attacks per game. Oh, you do. Like, he puts the ball. <laughs> Dallas should have had seven interceptions. Legit, and I'm not kidding. Legitimately no, legit. seven. They should have had seven interceptions. And he does that on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. That wasn't an outlier game. But sometimes it works. And, and sometimes well, it, he throws three interceptions. It, it worked on the one touchdown that they had. That was the lowest percent chance of a completion all season. It was 9% chance, I guess, by the analytics that his 43-yard touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone would actually be completed for a touchdown, and it was. And it was just like, 
it was one of those moments, but it was pure luck. And then two seconds later, he's just like, <laughs> he just lofts the ball. Like the way he throws it. Like, I don't think he throws it as if he had the confidence in that. His arm was of the level of Justin Herbert's. Yes. That's yeah. how he throws a football. He's like, except he has an equivalent arm of Gardner Minshew, which I think is a fitting comparison. I think Gardner might throw a better ball than he does. I see. I don't. A little, not a by much. Question. That is a great question. Like, as he, who you'd rather have? Minshew. Minshew threw some balls against the Jets. Like that one deep one to uh, to Dallas was a nice ball. Yeah. I didn't see one of those really. Yeah, but, but I think Heineke can do that. That's the thing. Like he could do that. Yeah, but I think just, he. Like you don't know from week to week. You have no idea. He could put that ball on there. Or it could float in the sky, and we could have Darius Slay, oh, uh, Avante Maddox, and Rodney McLeod all waiting underneath it. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, it t- totally depends. It's a punt. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. It just I don't know. It's like I remember back in the day, the, remember when the Red Sox had uh, Tim Wakefield and he oh, threw yeah. a knuckleball? Mm-hmm. I was like, he is either going to strike out the side or someone is going to hit it so far over that green monster that it's going to land in Charlestown. And that's what happened every other game. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it's like watching Heineke. And you just like don't know what's going to happen. Get in his face and you'll get like – that's what Dallas did. The off, the defensive yeah. line was active from go. And Randy Gregory and Michael Parsons and Neville Gallimore and Demarcus Lawrence were in his face. And he was like, what? It's like when Micah got to him, he's like, how are you here already? Like, I don't, that's like quarterbacks can't compute how fast he is. And you get that going combined with the noodle arm. Good night. I don't think offensive linemen can also compute how fast he is. It's amazing. But I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I touched on this before. There's a simplicity factor to this week for the Eagles and just like being an Eagles fan, like the path to the playoffs is there. Like you can run all the simulations you want. You just have to win. You just have to win. And it starts this week, which against the Washington football team, you're at home coming off your bye. This team is likely going to be depleted. There's a chance that you're facing their backup, backup quarterback in Kyle Allen, who won't have his top weapon in Terry McLaurin, depending on his concussion. Logan Thomas is not there. Logan Thomas, a torn ACL. It was official as of today. It took a while. On the other side of the ball, they were already down Montez Sweat and uh, Chase Young. They likely will be without Jonathan Allen due to COVID. We touched on that. Not great, but it's the reality of the situation. We won't have Quez Watkins. They it looks like Kendall Fuller on the COVID list as well. So you're def- facing. I know, I know their center got hurt against he, us as well. So I don't know he, if he's in. He got carted off. I was going to say he had an Achilles injury, so that's bad. I never want to see Achilles no. in a cart. That combination usually no. like the worst. Um, yeah, so it's like. All of those things add up. So you're at home off your bye against a team that's injured who is ahead of you in the rankings. This is easy. You win either win or you don't really deserve to be in the playoffs in the first place. You know, you play to win the game. There is a realistic chance that this Eagles team is one facing the Washington, a depleted Washington team on both sides of the ball. The Giants. Mm-hmm. Washington again, mm-hmm. and a Cowboys team resting their starters in Week 18. Possibly. Possibly, depending on the seating. 
It's there. It, it, Just win. We've been and saying look, it. We've been saying it before the 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 Giants loss that it's been yeah. there. At the, and it's even more clear now because thankfully they've beaten all of those NFC South teams. So if there is a tiebreaker, mm-hmm. they will own it. So look mm-hmm. at the other teams they're in the hunt with. You've got the Falcons, hilariously, the Falcons, Saints, Panthers. They hold the tiebreaker over all three of those teams. And the Some Panthers play Tampa twice. Exactly. And Saint- New Orleans plays Tampa. I was going to say, and Tampa plays New Orleans this week. Mm-hmm. Also, the Vikings, I don't know if you've seen their schedule. They still have the Rams in two weeks, and the week after they play at Green Bay. Your path is so evident and so clear. It is so simple. And this is a time of year where your life is probably hectic with work and around the holidays. As fun as the holidays are, it's a hectic time, just like getting presents and getting everything in order in time for the holidays. It's just, you know, as a Philly fan, we don't hear like simple stuff often, but it's like, This is simple. Either you're good enough to beat a depleted team and a bad Giants team and make the playoffs, or you're not. And we're just wasting our time anyway. It's right ahead of you. And you know what's possibly right ahead of us? Cowboys Eagles first round of the playoffs. Legit. Very realistic opportunity. Very realistic. Mm -hmm. It it depends on this this, uh, uh, NFC West. Yep. The, the Rams the Rams beating Arizona helped the Cowboys. Uh, yes. Obviously, also, four, three and four stayed the same. Uh, four and five, I'm sorry, stayed the same. Mm-hmm. Green Bay jumped to one. Arizona's two. Uh, who's three? Tampa, Tampa, no, Tampa's Tampa? two. Arizona's three. Okay. Dallas four. Um, Rams five. Rams five. I w- and then Washington six. Or no. No, San, San, San Francisco, six, Washington, seven. And I'm glad you brought them up because I was thinking about this today. There are five teams in the NFC, including the Cowboys, who could realistically go to the Super Bowl, and I would not be shocked. And there's a sixth team in the Niners who could win a playoff game, and it would not shock me one bit. Absolutely. Like They are turning into everything you expected them to be at the beginning of the season. Like Early on, Raheem Moster got hurt. Elijah Mitchell came in. He got hurt. Kittle got hurt. Brandon Ayuk wasn't even playing, and you expected him to take that next step. Jimmy G got hurt. All of those guys are back. Debo Samuel is now also a running back who's good, as well as a wide receiver who's good. Kittle is just going the full like beast mode, catches anything in the vicinity. And uh, Ayuk has taken the next step, just furthering the salt in the wound of the Reger decision. Did you hear the 49ers radio call when he scored the touchdown to win? Yes, so I was driving back from Harrisburg to Philly, and I did hear it, and they were like, that's a touch." The guy was yeah. at him, and he was like, that's a touchdown. He never stepped out. The, the guy was like, he's got gold on those cleats, and it never touched that white. And then you heard the song? What song? They sang, Ayuk, Ayuk, Ayuk is up. The young guy right, goes, right. we don't need no water. Just let him win. Like, I was like, what the- it was, it was fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. They were doing that. They were doing that before they even call like the refs yep. a call that they were waiting for the refs to call. It, and they're like, are you, are you, are you? It's on fire. I love it. And I had, I also had Brandon Ayuk against you in fantasy this week. So again, thank you. No, oh, in my other dude, I got kid all my other league. It's just like, Ooh. it is such a godsend. He just catches, he gets oh, 15 everything. targets. It's Jimmy G has figured out how easy life can be. Yep. Just throw it at George Kittle and good things will happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a six team that you wouldn't want to face in the playoffs. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, there's a couple. I don't want to see the Rams first round. Definitely not. They, they, um, yeah, they're good. It just doesn't make sense of them not being good. <laughs> it's it's just like the NFC West thing. Yeah, it's like the Big Ten East. Like they mm-hmm. just kill each other, and then they don't make the big. They don't make the playoff because they're yep. all good, and they all have to play each other. <laughs> yep, it's wild. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping Seattle plays a little spoiler here and beats both of them. I think they they play them both. No chance of it. But if 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 Russell Wilson would have just waited and come back at a normal thing oh, and yeah. not had to do like a weird documentary thing, I think they'd be like way better off. Look how fast I'm training my fingers. It, it, isn't it great? I know yeah. we're we're not going Eagles and Cowboys, but it all yep. works in together. Yep. Like the healing time was like eight weeks, and he came back after six, and then he looked terrible for two weeks, and then after eight weeks he looks fine. It's like if you were to just remained on the timetable that the doctor gave instead of making then, videos and be like, I rehab my finger nineteen yeah. hours a day. Yeah, but that you're right. They they could be a spoiler as well. So there's a lot of shape shifting oh, pieces yeah. there. We got a month left. Mm-hmm. Love it. Got to be fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I don't, I, I, I want to like hit it over to you for the um, Cowboys stuff. Mm-hmm. I really don't have much Eagle stuff because I think this is a kiss game. Keep Jalen Hurts is back, stupid. right? Jalen Hurts will be back. Okay. Jason Kelsey is healthy. Jordan I Howard. don't know about Jordan Howard yet. I would not, I don't know what's going on in the backfield. It seems like we have four different people at this point. I don't know who's one, two, three, and four powering. That, that must be a nice issue problem to have because I have Corey Clement. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> listen, if there was listen, you want to win a Super Bowl, you better have Corey Clement yeah, catch true. lightning in a bottle. I'm, I'm fine <laughs> with it. You'll be fine. <laughs> um, the only other Eagles thing. Well, one real quick, saw my first mock draft today. Can't wait to do my uh draft coverage with you. Uh mm-hmm. David Najabo out of Michigan, the defensive Don't end. Don't hate it. Oh, I love it. He's a beast on the other side of uh Aiden. Yep. yep. I I yeah. was I was watching that I was watching that Michigan Ohio State game and I was like, there's like six people on this field right now when Ohio State's on offense and Michigan's on defense that I'd want mm-hmm. on my Eagles team. So I saw I saw one mock draft with the Cowboys taking Sauce Gardner, the corner out of Cincy. Imagine I love putting that. him on the other side of Diggs. Yep. That their secondary is probably best in the in college. Him and the yeah. kid named who's named after Kobe. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they're sick. Like it's yep. it's the best secondary yep. probably. We'll see how it holds up against Alabama, but they're they're yeah, solid. Yeah, they are. And then the only other thing is the debate that's been going on because of how well Mike has been playing, um, whether the Eagles should have drafted Devonte Smith mm. um, instead of Michael Parsons. Would you like to role play? Um, oh, draft what kind of shows this turning into? What? What kind of shows this turning into? Oh yeah. <laughs> Vince, Vince. <laughs> but the, all right, we're gonna role play. Yeah, I'll be Howie. Okay. You be Jerry Jones, and I'm gonna call you on draft night. I'm going from from twelve to ten, and instead of Devonte Smith, I'm gonna call for Michael Parsons. Let's see how this goes. Ready? Mm-hmm. Hello, is this Jerry? Hello. Hey, this is Howie the Rat. Oh, would you like some glory hole? <laughs> No, I was actually calling to see if I could move up from 12 to 10. Would you like to trade? I love making trades because trades are fun. And I can do the things and do the stuff and do the moves around around the stuff in the valley. Uh, who are you looking to come get there, rat? Great. Uh, could we move up from Micah Parsons? Excuse me? Say that again. I'm a little old. Can't hear. Uh, Micah Parsons out of Penn State? Uh, you can go fuck yourself. 
Okay, thank you. Bye. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> Ta-da. Nope. No, We're you done. can't have Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's how it would have went if the Eagles tried to draft Michael Parsons. <laughs> I'm actually sitting in the exact spot where you and I were when that trade went down, looking this way. When the, uh, that was, I just watched that video on my phone the other day. So good. So that fun. was, I still can't believe the first draft after you and I start this podcast, they trade with each oh. other and the Cowboys got Lawrence Taylor and you got a pretty good number one wide receiver. Yep. I, it could not have worked out any better in terms of content. I'm still, I think about that. Like you said, all the time content wise for this podcast, can't beat it. It's beautiful. Beautiful. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, as a Cowboys fan, technically I'm rooting. Well, I'm always rooting against the Eagles. Um, but I am technically rooting for Washington because if Dallas wins, Washington wins, the division's over. I think the division's pretty much over anyway at nine and four. But mm-hmm. mathematically, the Cowboys win the division with a Washington win and a Dallas win. Well, I th- like you said, I think it's over as it is. I don't think either of us are catching it. I honestly need to speed this thing up and have you guys win the division because the I I don't want you guys to be playing in week 18. Yeah. Just I, play for nothing. Show up and do nothing. Just lay down. Just let us have this. Mm-hmm. All right. right, let's. I'll jump into a little bit of the Cowboys here. Yes, Obviously, please. like we said, we have Chris Arnold on uh, very soon. And we'll be definitely diving into a lot of Cowboys topics, maybe even some Dallas Mavericks if Aiden gets his way. But mm-hmm. so I don't want to dive too deep in, um, especially not talking about broken Dak and broken offense. I definitely want to talk to him about that. Uh, first, first things first, though, uh, we got to I got to give a shout out. I got to send you yours, but we got our uh, oh, we got yes. our Mike Tag shirts. Oh, yes. Uh, Love it. So Love to see it. The tag shirts are here, Mike. They say, can you dig it on the back? Oh, you know it does. That's perfect. Can you dig it? So uh, as soon as I send Aiden his, we will we will put these on, and Aiden will will definitely make Aiden do something with it, um, depending on what happens in this season. We'll have a week eighteen bet. Yeah, there we go. I like that. I like that. Um, all right. So Dallas Cowboys coming off a big. I don't even want to say a big win. I, I have never been Aiden. In so long, like so confused. Remember last year when I yelled, like, be the team you promised me you were going to be? That team has always been in my lifetime since the 90s, like a great offense with a poop defense. And now all of a sudden, like, I am more excited to watch the defense be on the field than the offense right now. And I'm like, so the offense was rolling, rolling. And the defense was missing guys and just like, and playing better than expected. Thanks to Dan Quinn. And, you know, some guys they, they picked up and drawn curse and obviously Michael Parsons. And, but now the defense is all the way back. And dare I use the word like nightmarish, like (laughs) nightmare fuel, right? If, if this defense can get, Teams in third and six, third and eights, like quarterbacks are going to be pissing their pants. So they're they're here. They're ready to roll. And the, the offense just – Kellen Moore forgets how to just make anything creative. They're just hitting the A-gap after time after time after time. The offensive line forgets how to block. 
Um, and Dak Prescott, I don't know if he's injured. I don't know if his brain is hurt. I don't know what's wrong. But why can't – like, I, I'm not saying they can't. We have a month left in the season to fix this. But, like, you were up 24 nothing, And you won this game 27-20. The, the offense has – one touchdown in their last 19 possessions. Is there any belief among you and Cowboys fans that even though the offense is rigid, it's because Washington and New Orleans have great defenses and it would be hard to score against them for, for anybody. Um, and the defense is just playing so well that it doesn't really matter. And there- do you have like a silver lining? It's like, all right, in a playoff game, if our defense plays that well and our offense isn't a one, that we could still yes, win. Yes, but the thing that's scaring me is some of these throws that Dak is making or not making. Like, did you see the two interceptions against Washington? I saw the first one, and I was like, what, why? You know, I was And just he just launched it. Yeah. And then what the second one, the pick six, he rolled. And the thing that scares me a little bit is he had Dalton Schultz wide open. Wide open as he was rolling. But he turned, planted, and then threw the ball. And the linebacker was there. That's telling me he's worried about his calf. Because it was the same kind of throw he made to CD to win the Patriots game. But I, when he jumped up on the run, made the beautiful throw. I don't know if he's subconsciously like, if I go up and come back down, I don't want to hurt my calf again. I, I'm not speculating. But it's just... This dude was MVP of the league, hurts his calf, misses a game, comes back, and has been Mike Glennon. <laughs> not 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 seriously, All but right. not good. Not good. I I mean, yeah, that's true. I think there's just a lack of rhythm because it's like one guy comes in, then one guy like he was out, but then he came back, but then Amari got COVID, and mm-hmm. it's just like now like that Tony Pollard out and they just there's a rigidness if that is a word to the offense right now and then Jerry Jones was on speaking of 105 through the fan this morning because he's on the radio station seven times a week which is hilarious because uh Jeffrey Lurie never does interviews he's on and his son is on (laughs) and Mike McCarthy's on once a week it's just like they're all on I think they talk to Sirianni once a week and he's like legally obligated or contractually obligated. He does on the radio radio or press or like a press conference or on the radio on the radio. Okay. He has to talk to, you know, the Eagles affiliate. So Jerry was kind of making it seem like uh, the offense is just playing vanilla football because they don't want to show everything for the playoffs. Yeah, but you're, I saw that, and that's just not true. No, like you're, of you're not. four. You're still four weeks away, and there's you like still need to win games. And you could finish anywhere from the four seed to the one seed, and the division isn't even clinched yet. Like it's not. <laughs> you don't go into that mode five weeks ahead of time or six weeks ahead of time. Maybe you do that like against us in week eighteen. Yeah. You're like, all right, we're gonna keep it vanilla this week. Exactly. We or. Ready. Or against Arizona week 17, if there's no possible way of, of seeding and you have a, you think you might play them in the playoffs, yeah, you might scale some things back. But, like, no. And if <laughs> Kellen Moore can't come up with more plays for the playoffs, we have a problem. 
I keep hearing now he's a play caller. He's not an offensive coordinator. Like he has, he has great plays, but he doesn't have, you know how some guys have like an offense mm-hmm. like, and they have him when things are going wrong, like this is my bread and butter. I can come back to this. And he just is a very good play schemer, which is kind of an interesting thought. I'm like, huh, he doesn't have that. Like, this is what I'm known for. And that's why I think he just keeps going back to the Jason Garrett running up the gut on set on second and 10. And Nope. Now it's third and 11. Which is just like a very rough brand of football to watch. It's awful. <laughs> Especially when you have CD lamb and Michael Gallup and I don't know, Amari Cooper and Dalton Schultz. I am of the belief that they should be throwing 75 to 80% of the time. Especially right now. Cause right uh, now. Pollard's out and Zeke is clearly hurt. is hobble. Yeah. Yeah. Just throw the ball. Like they did in week one against the Bucks, It was like, okay, we're not going to be able to run. Even though it's predictable that we're going to pass, we just have better skill position players than they do. So let's just do it. And do it this week because they're playing the New York Giants. Yes, I know Tyron Smith has already been labeled out. He's not playing in this game. But, I mean, Kadarius Toney has COVID now for the second time. Don't know if he's going to play. Darius Leonard has a quote-unquote significant elbow injury and is going to miss time chances are he's done for the season so he's not going to play Darius Slayton or uh Leonard Williams Leonard Williams I'm sorry um (laughs) (laughs) Leonard Williams and then Daniel Jones is not cleared again for contact with the neck injury chance his season is over he's not going to play so it's going to be Mike Glennon again I mean this needs to be your get right game they need to score 30 35, 40 points, win this game by 21 to 28 points. Yeah, weather permitting, because in the Northeast, you never know. Um, Hopefully, it's good. I'm actually, I forgot to mention this. I'm going to the Eagles. 45 and sunny. We'll take it. I'm going to the game on Sunday. Forgot Beautiful. To tell that. Love it. Um, this Challenge them to a shootout. Did you know in the past month, here are the players who have scored touchdowns for the Giants. Um, Chris Myrick, the backup tight end from Temple. Mm-hmm. Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle, and their fullback. That is the end of the list. Yep. Just challenge them to a shootout. And if they don't have Tony or, yeah, we have a problem. All right. Um, speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, you want to get into this? Yeah, let's do it. Chris Arnold, 105.3 The Fan, and MC for the Dallas Mavericks. I, I feel like I'm going to sneak in a few Mavericks questions here. Um, but – Kevin has had a lot of thoughts. It's a crucial point in the year for the Cowboys where they're winning, but they're not winning in a impressive, convincing way. So we want to get the pulse of Dallas right now as we get into what we've called the crunch time of this last four weeks. So here he is, 105.3, the fans own Chris Arnold. All right, Aiden, we are now joined by an absolute legend. He is an Emmy Award winner, a member of the Texas Radio Hall of Fame, he covers the Cowboys and the Mavs on my favorite radio station, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, that I listen to every day, even from up here in Philly. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at Mr. Chris Arnold. It's the one and only Chris Arnold. Thank you for hopping on Birds vs. Boys. How you doing, man? Great. Got you down. Glad the guys got me here. Appreciate Absolutely. being on. All right. So I need to address the, the big elephant in the room, right? Um what is wrong with this offense? Do we have a Dak problem? Do we have a Kellen Moore problem? Do we have an offensive line problem? And whatever the problem is, can it be fixed in a month? Uh, yes. And here's the problem. 
First of all, it is a Dak and Kellen Moore problem. They share it together because both of them together are brilliant. So therefore, when they're not being brilliant, they deserve criticism because that's their standard. They set the standard. If they weren't any good, we could say, well, you know what? They're just not that good, but they are that good. Is it a physical problem with Dak? No, it's not. He's not have any, there's people who want to theorize, mm-hmm. oh, his calf injury hadn't been the same. The outliers, the outliers to that theory is this. Uh, the calf injury happened at the last play of the New England game. Mm-hmm. He set out the next game, which is Minnesota. He had some time off because they had a bye. And then he plays against the Colorado or the, the Broncos. The whole team sucked. Defense, offense, special yeah. teams. And then guess what? They have a brilliant performance, a 40-point blowout of the Atlanta Falcons. They win 43-3. to Now, for those who have revisionist history, they say, well, it's just Atlanta. They forget going into that game, Atlanta had won four out of five games, and the reigning NFC Offensive Player of the Week was Matt Ryan. So it wasn't like, oh, Atlanta was – no, Atlanta's not Jacksonville. They're not Detroit. They're not even the Houston Texans. The Atlanta Falcons are a decent team, and this is the NFL. If you, uh, like I said, worry about teams – it was a 40-point victory. And in this victory, Dak Prescott – Ran the ball into the end zone, scared the hell out of everybody. What the hell is he doing running the ball with a 35 point lead? Right? So Jerry Jones was on 105.3 being like, easy. Yeah, everybody was like, why are you doing this? So, with that being said, there's nothing wrong with his leg. And even he showed flashes of brilliance against the Raiders in the second half. So, you can't say, oh, he's got some injury. No, he doesn't. No one on that team, trainers, doctors, Coaching staffs, Dak himself, anybody saying, well, you know, only fans and pundits are saying there's an injury. It's, there's not an injury. So squash that talk right there. So what is the problem? Yep. It's the same thing that Patrick Mahomes was dealing with September and October. Patrick Mahomes was pressing. Why? Because he was carrying a team that had a raggedy defense. Mm-hmm. Right now, Dak Prescott is pressing because not the defense has been raggedy, but you had a compromised offensive line with players who were injured coming in and out, suspended the whole nine yards. You have a compromised running game because Ezekiel Elliott has an issue with his knee. No, it's not a tear or anything like that. It's obviously some type of a bruise. He can play, but he has no push off of that leg. Now you got Tony Pollard with plantar fasciitis, who's, which is a, a foot injury. I mean, it's very painful. He can play on it, but the best thing he can do is, is stay off of it. So he's not going to be playing for a while. At the same time, your receivers, let's start with, uh, I think it was uh, right after the Atlanta game, Amari Cooper with a hamstring and CeeDee Lamb with an ankle injury. Then Amari's got COVID and CeeDee's got a concussion. And yet Dak and Kellen Moore pretends like the backup receivers are the same star receivers. In other words, well, they have next man up, that's crap. Three years ago, the Cowboys played against Atlanta with Chaz Green filling in oh. for Tyron Smith. And oh, then next man up. Yes. Chaz Green is not Tyron Smith. You cannot run the same damn plays if you don't have the pro bowlers, the all pros, the guys who can make the plays in there. So here's Dak and Kellen drawing up plays with Noah Brown as if he's supposed to be Amari Cooper. You can't win that way. And then, like I said, with the compromised offensive line, he's he's uh, not getting the protection that he needs. And like I said, as he overcompensates, and like I said, presses like like uh, uh, 
Patrick Mahomes, he's holding the ball too long. Now, let me give you the other secret. Quiet as is kept, since the Denver game, defensive coordinators are playing Dak Prescott differently. Now, this isn't the quote-unquote blueprint, but it's a part of it. What they're doing is they're not blitzing him. And even uh, Greg Olson talked about this during the game uh, just this past week. Literally, when you don't blitz Dak Prescott, he can't exactly execute a defense. In other words, he can't take advantage of it. The first six weeks of the season, first seven weeks of the season, he's got the fastest uh, release second to uh, Tom Brady. He's reading the defenses just like Tom Brady. Notice I'm mentioning Tom Brady, not uh, Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers because Dak doesn't have the arm talent like those guys. He's got a real good arm, but it's inconsistent. And because of that, he's more like a Brady. He's beating you with his, his, his mind. Mm-hmm. Well, Kellen Moore, like I said, has been enabling him like a – like an alcoholic is getting giving a liquor, somebody giving liquor to an alcoholic or somebody giving drugs to a drug addict. Uh-huh. He's giving him these plays that either Dak is trying to execute foolishly or he's giving him dumb plays that Dak is all out of. It's like it's not working. And because both of them have been brilliant the first eight games of the season and not so much since, it's Dak and Kelly. Because they know the offensive line is compromised. They know the running game isn't 100%. They know the wide receivers up until the last two weeks have not been up to speed, and yet they were running the same damn play. So add the lack of blitzing, Dak overthinking, and Kellen, you know, enabling him. Mm -hmm. Thus you have an inconsistent offense. One plus one equals two. All right. Um, speaking of real quick, you, you keep saying the offensive line, which I agree with. What do you think they need to do with the left guard position? Keep McGovern there, or is it time to bring Connor Williams back? I personally think they need to bring Connor Williams back. The yeah. Connor Williams problem was he, he had a target. Yeah, he had a target on his back. Not only was his technique poor, which caused a lot of his uh, holding penalties, so he, you obviously need to improve upon that, but referees they just looked his way and said you know what i think that guy's holding i've seen enough film on him or i've done some games with him previously that guy's holding he's a holder so he had a target on his back for his own mental i mean mind you remember he was getting penalties for cussing out refs yep that's how bad it was for him i think with the i think he's technically a better left guard than conor mcgovern i think conor mcgovern is a better right guard, but he's not, you know, a Hall of Famer like Zach Martin. So Zach Martin, yeah, when Zach Martin can't play, which is rare, you put in Conor McGovern over there. See, McGovern's not a swing guard. Nope. Neither is, um, what's his name, uh, the tackle. He's not a swing tackle. Yeah, Steele. Steele is not a swing tackle. He is a right tackle. You can't have him at left tackle and expect him to do somewhat tiring kind of thing. So that's been part of the problem. And then you had your offensive line coach, Joe Feldman, get COVID and the assistant offensive line coach, he got COVID. So you couldn't make these in-game adjustments when, you know, stuff was falling apart. Yeah. All right. One more for me before Aiden hops in here and more of a, uh, a positive note here. So, I can't remember a time when I I was so excited to watch the defense, almost more. I want the defense on the field more than I want the offense on the field right now. So is this defense, if it stays healthy 
and they're only going to get better if they stay healthy, good enough to stop the best offenses in the league moving forward in the playoffs? Yes, theoretically. And I say theoretically only with an asterisk because what you saw against Washington, and my friend calls them the, not the Washington football team, he calls them the Washington footballs. Because <laughs> I love that. It's sure. the footballs, the footballs, the footballs, because they're not that good. Um, because look at the quarterbacks that they had. I mean, Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen. Where's Kyle Allen been, right? Nowhere. Those aren't. Those guys aren't Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford or Kyler Murray or, you know, Lamar Jackson, guys that are known to be in the top ten. They did look really, really good against uh, Matt Ryan. But like I said, that was an outlier. They did not look great against their car. Now that you got the defensive line and Dan Quinn, who is a genius because he – he builds his defense around the talents of his players as opposed to, you know, I got to have a guy that puts his hand in the dirt. No, no. He sees what he's got and says, you know what? I could do it this way and I can do it that way. And I, he's a so chess player. he's a chess player. And so what I love about what you saw against Washington was you had all hands on deck and you had that defensive line where picky poison. You can't double team everybody. You can't double team Tank Lawrence. You can't double team Randy Gregory. You certainly cannot double team Michael Parsons. And then you got big boys in the middle, including um, Gallimore, Neville Gallimore, who who's like, obviously picked up some, man, he knocked out the center and the quarterback in one play. Awesome. So it's, it's like, it's, and then that just allows the secondary to feast. The secondary's whole strategy, the offseason, because I was talking with, uh, Anthony Brown about this. Their whole game plan is to take the ball away. We're, we're creating takeaways. So they're man coverage all the time as opposed to more zone, which means they, they get burned, but they also have the opportunity to create plays, fumbles, and picks a la Trayvon Diggs with all these picks, right? That being said, it's really going to be crazy when you got all those guys running after the quarterback mm-hmm. and stuff in the run. So it's, it's like, okay, the first half of the season, you had a Cowboys offense that was so good they could carry a raggedy defense, but it was balanced with a balanced running game, balanced uh, passing attack. Now you got a balance of, well, the offense, if it's clicking, with a defense that can carry a team. And it's like pick your poison that kind of way. So it's only getting more exciting because in football, usually in December, it's a war of attrition. Who's the healthiest at the end? That's who wins and goes to the playoff and makes some noise. And, and just look at Kansas City. They were the defending Super Bowl champ, but their offensive line was compromised, and Tampa Bay came in and destroyed them in the Super Bowl. So the healthier team won the Super Bowl. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Yep. Yep. Speaking of that defense, Micah Parsons, the stats are staggering. <laughs> Meanwhile, I, Aiden is from Micah's hometown and was dying for him to be an Eagle. Yes. Uh, I, yeah. Just him getting in the league, I was just so happy. And then I was like, oh, wait, now I have to play against him. Wrong team, right? <laughs> Wrong Wait, team. he still calls himself a lion a la Nittany Lion, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Yep. I think that's where that started. I, I love it, though. Um, but the stats are staggering, not just for a rookie. But I know, like, Miles Garrett and TJ Watt are having statistically just historical seasons. But since a lot of these uh, awards are narrative-based, do you think Micah Parsons could still win Defensive Player of the Year considering his narrative is a rookie doing this? Yes, it's the rookie doing this, and there hasn't been a rookie who's been Defensive Player of the Year 
since Lawrence Taylor. And then you, you have these guys pulling out the the the, the uh, comparisons, the comps when LT was a rookie, and LT only had nine and a half sacks. Now, mind you, it's a different league, different time, but because it's more running games back in the eighties. But still, when you keep hearing these narratives of the comp is Lawrence Taylor, it's not like, oh, there's a comp of, you know, name a, a guy. Uh, you just name somebody that's the pass rusher. Uh, even if you said DeMarcus Ware, DeMarcus Ware is going to be in the Hall of Fame. But that's not like, ooh, he said LT. Yep. Oh, my God. And so the voters, we have a historic comp. And by the way, the only two rookies to ever win an offensive or defense player of the year as a rookie Lawrence Taylor on defense, and then 40 years before that, it was Jim Brown. Mm. So then you got, oh, and then here's the other part about it. As you know, these awards are all, you know, they're subjective. So you got a Dallas Cowboys team that's got a 9-4 and four run, and they're in a playoff hunt. In other words, he's not doing this on a team that's struggling. And he's a rookie, and he lines up all over the place, and He's supposed to be just a linebacker, right? Mm -hmm. Who was pressed into being an edge rusher and he can do both. So it's like, wait a minute. What if he just did, what if he just ran, rushed the quarterback? He can do so many different things. He's even, even in the last game against Washington, he's down there 30 yards down the field, breaking up a pass, almost had a pick. Doing push ups because he didn't catch it. (laughs) Thank you. This was wild. I actually tweeted out when Dak was struggling in the second half, put in Micah. (laughs) <laughs> joking yeah. joking uh but at the same time look people forget when he was in high school and i know you know because you're from his hometown he played running back as well as linebacker so the running game is struggling give us some snaps kellen moore had uh cd lamb running the ball give yep. it to micah he it. legit could do it he was their running back and kick returner and was fantastic at it too so so, so check this out this is some more about micah which you already know but let me share some knowledge i've learned you know, when he was in high school as well, he was a wrestler. When he first got to the Cowboys, and a lot of Cowboy fans and experts and team builders, because team building is a sport and people love, there are so many guys that love the draft much more than the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. You lose three games in a row, and it's like, oh, tank, I want to watch some tape. I don't care anymore. Give me the picks. They don't have the, they don't have the uh, cojones <laughs> to watch a season play out. Uh-huh. They'd rather Oh, tank, get, I don't want to feel the pain uh-huh. of an up and down. I don't want to ride the roller coaster. I want to tank so I can watch tape mm-hmm. and project. Yeah, I'm twisting that needle. But back to Micah, when he got picked, you know, there was a lot of Cowboy fans and experts that wanted, you know, they wanted the cornerback, but Sertan was taken. Yeah. Or then they wanted an offensive lineman and Slater was available. They, oh, they chose Micah Parsons. He's not any good. Oh, he's just a, he's a linebacker. He's just a linebacker. I dared all of them to eat their words. I dared all of them to be a man and admit they were wrong. Hey, it's called you got more information, that's your out. Anybody that's smart, you don't double down when you have more information. You look stupid saying, oh, Patrick Mahomes, no, he's not that good. He deserved to be picked where he was. When everybody knows damn well Patrick Mahomes would be the number one pick in any draft. Absolutely. More information. Yep. <laughs> it's not hard. Be a man and own it. Say, hey, I was wrong. He's a, he seems like a generational type player. Don't say, well, I still would have rather have Slade. Oh, they need help yeah. on the offensive line. No. Give me an effing break. No so back to uh, Michael. So I talked to him way back in May, and I heard that, you know, he was a pass rusher, and he said he didn't have, like, a technique that he learned. He said he was a wrestler, 
in high school, and he'd do these national tournaments. So he just relied on his wrestling instincts. And I knew he was um, going to have Dan Quinn as his, as his defense coordinator. And the first thing I thought of was I remember when Michael Bennett mm. was with the Dallas Cowboys. You remember, for the, he was with Absolutely. the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And we went to New England, but he started with the Legion of Boom. And back then I asked him about what he'd like to do when he was with the Legion of Boom, what made him so great. And he said, Dan Quinn let him line up anywhere he wanted to. That he could line up, depending on he knew he knew what the, he knew what the office was going to do, and it was his it was it was, it was Dan Quinn that allowed him to be creative enough to line up where he wanted wherever he wanted to go, and so I asked Micah, would Dan Quinn let him line up wherever he wanted to be, and he said I don't want to give everything away, but yeah, coach really thinks that I can do a lot of different things. Now I wasn't thinking edge rusher, I, and I was I was always qualifying it in training camp and in preseason saying. He's not as big as Michael Bennett, but he's very smart and he can rush the quarterback. He can rush the passer. So maybe you don't have to line him up where Randy Gregory is or line him up over there where Marcus Lawrence is, but you can line him up wherever you wanted to. And I would always bring that up over and over again, not knowing that Tank Lawrence is going to break his foot and that they'd want to use him more as an edge rusher. But I knew he had the skill set. And at one point, you know how they got the the green – Dot on the helmet. Mm-hmm. That means you're calling place. They had him doing that for a little yep. bit in October. They then they said, you know did. what? We don't need him to be doing all that thinking and calling a place. Let's just make him the mystery guy. Let's just have him go wherever we want. And so Jerry Jones doesn't even call him a linebacker or an edge rusher. Jerry Jones calls him what he is. He's a disruptor. Yep, He's I call a disruptor. Him, I, said, I say his position is weapon. He's just a yes. defensive weapon. Yep. Swiss Army knife. You can kind of just yep. do whatever, whatever you need. He'll be there to do it for you. <laughs> I've even, I've even called him an astronaut because he put him out in space. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Quick one from me on the offense now. So you guys talked about Dak kind of looking off these past few weeks, but Zeke just flat out looks hurt. And Tony yeah. Pollard is obviously dealing, dealing with the plantar fasciitis, which is just an annoying injury. So any chance in this next month that we have like a world's collide moment and Corey Clement, formal Eagle, kind of takes on a larger role in this Cowboys offense? He actually did so against Washington. It was, it was, yeah. it was, he was good. He was effective. Again, he's not a world beater, but he does give you a change of pace. Unfortunately for him and what has been said, and even Zeke had a little bit of a burst this last game against Washington, but that offensive line, you just look at that tape. You're running into butts. You're running right into a butt. Literally. And 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 until they figure out what they need to do, and I don't know if it's best five guys or the guys who played that one position best. I I truly think personally, uh, Connor Williams needs to be the starter. I agree. At, at left guard, and that might settle some things down. Um, I also like the fact that uh, Kellen Moore was clever to have C.D. Lamb running the ball because he's done that in the past. And he's averaging like six, six or seven, excuse me, seven yards a carry. Yep. Before that game, he, and in that game, it was seven yards a carry. Before that game, he's averaging nine yards a carry. Now, don't I'm not saying use him as a regular, but those are what they call unscouted plays. And when people say, oh, those are trick plays, they shouldn't use those now and save them for the playoffs. Kevin Moore's got a million of them. Yep. They've been, I've been talking to the players, and they said we they work on stuff all the time. And guess what it does? 
it makes the other team's defense have to look at more tape. Exactly. You know, how much practice time can you set aside for these unscripted or unscouted plays? And he's got even more that he pulls out. So mm-hmm. I look at it as a weapon. And as far as Zeke, he's going to get those those carries. He's not going to be the Zeke that you saw in September and October because that knee's not going to get any better until he's just completely rested, you know, in the offseason. But at the same time, the offensive line can do a better job. That's what it is. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's the center and the the left guard that need that need big help. All right, last one for me. Let's kind of put a bow on this. So the Cowboys, like we said, are sitting at nine and four, first place in the division. If they win this week and Washington wins, division's over. They win it, and they're currently the four seed in the playoffs with four games left. So they're at the Giants this week, home against Washington, home against Arizona, and finish the season at Philadelphia. What are your realistic expectations about how this season finishes the last four games and where they're at seeding wise in the playoffs? Um, I can see them actually winning out. Arizona proved it last night that they're not invincible. And they were were also, you know, I was always impressed. Don't get me wrong. I always thought Arizona had something and I thought the defense would be better with J.J. Watt. But remember, going into the season, uh, Kingsbury was on the coach's hot seat. They were on the way. He's going to get fired because all he is is an offensive guy. You know, he, he doesn't know how to coach a whole team and the defense isn't going to be any good. Well, the defense has been solid and the offense has been brilliant, even without Kyle Murray. So Arizona is legit. I just think, even though here's what's wild, Kyle Murray's from this area. I've been knowing him since he was in high school. He won three straight state championships in the Cowboys' house. In fact, he claims that his house I love because that. he's never lost a game at at t State, okay? Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray has never lost there in his whole life. So it's going to be – it's going to be – it's going to – as T.O. put it, get your popcorn, it's going to be a show. But I can actually see the Cowboys winning out, but not being the number one seed, mm-hmm. not even being the number two seed. I can see them, you know, you know, with a 12-5 and five record and still being the four seed. Yep, I agree. I think it's going through Lambo. I do too. And you know what? I'm still waiting for somebody to be a real man and step on Aaron Rodgers' toe. (laughs) (laughs) Help us out. I honestly, yeah, he's. It could be his offense alignment at this point, and it would it would do the Uh job. Yeah, (laughs) it's like how how is he getting by? And all if Dominican Sue would play him, he would do this. If Tampa Bay was playing, Dominican Sue would do this. You know. Uh He's right up his alley, considering his history. And he'd still find a way to just keep winning. Like he oh, beat yeah. Dallas on one leg years ago in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, Dez caught that ball. But here's the and you're right. See, let me let me go ahead and keep it real. Dez caught that ball. McCarthy threw the flag, and yeah, they reviewed it, and they came. They, and there was not a rule that showed that uh, wide receivers could be athletic. So yep. he caught the ball. But every Cowboy fan really knows. Too much damn time off on the clock. Aaron Rodgers gonna march right back down the field, yep. even yep. if they had scored the touchdown. And you, you know what, you know what, everybody forgets about that game. What really hurts is that Demarco Murray fumble. Yeah, that's what pe- people always oh, go yeah. to. Dez caught it, but if Demarco holds onto that ball, Dallas yeah. that game. They do, and they control the clock as well. Yep. Ah, all right, Aiden, I know, I know you're have dying. To have you guys relive this? Yeah. All right, get out of here. Listen. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's only, I've got there's one only more. One, I'm gonna... There's only one year on your dumb banner, okay? I'll, listen, I'll take my one. All I needed was one. <laughs> Let's completely switch gears for my last question. I did my research like we talked about pre-show. 
Uh, I know you're a Mavs fan and also an MC for the Mavs. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, the game at MC. So if uh, during the timeouts, whatever, you might see me doing interviews. You might see uh, me uh, hosting a half-court shot for $20,000, stuff like Love that. It. That is and, I, and I also do the PA from time to time. That is an awesome job. I love that. <laughs> so, Luca! <laughs> That's perfect. That actually is where I was going with my question, too, with Luka Doncic. So as an outsider from Philly, so I don't get to watch the Mavs on a nightly basis, obviously, but from an outsider's point of view, it seems like they need to put another star with Luka so they can take that next step with him in this era. Um, so I have a sales pitch for you. What if I, I don't want you, Ben Simmons? You want him? Or do I don't want him. Oh man, you didn't even let me give my sales pitch. He does so many okay, good things. Let me let me hear the sales pitch now, and then I'll tell you why I don't want him. Okay. All right. I know the Mavs with Jason Kidd now, they want to create three-pointers as many as they can. He creates a lot of three-pointers with his passing ability. Great defender would improve the defense. Can take some of the ball handling abilities and take the pressure off of Luca. Have I improved your interest? Can I sell you on Ben Simmons? On paper, that looks great, especially because Jason Kidd actually emphasizes defense. People realize he's the second all-time guy in assists, but he and you know is Hall of Famer, but he's a nine-time All NBA first team. All defense. Defense. He's always preaching defense. With Giannis, he and the Mavericks defensive coordinator, Sean Sweeney, they unleashed Giannis on the defensive side and made him the complete player that he is. So I know what you're saying about uh, Ben Simmons, you know, first-team defense. He's a great defender. Mm -hmm. But everybody kind of skips over the – Uh-huh. The man won't make a layup because he won't make a free throw. He won't make a dunk. He's not going to shoot a three. Uh, and it's not even about the Mavericks need three-point shooters. I could see him do that if it wasn't for the fact the man offseason doesn't try to get better. Mm -hmm. And that's why nobody will trade for him. Philadelphia is trying to trade him. The Sixers are trying to trade him based upon his stats and his resume. But every general manager knows you can't count on him in playoffs. He doesn't care to win. He just likes to play. And he's not going to improve his, his game in the offseason. He's not driven. There's not a Kobe bone in his body. Mm -mm. Yeah, I kind so of you can't, you can't You can't convince me. And, and like I said, if he were really like, oh, this guy's a dog in the playoffs, he's going to – no, he's just a very talented player. And it ends there. Yeah. And I it ends there. He doesn't want – he's not going to – when he would refuse to make a layup – and that playoff, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Because he's terrified of going to the line. He's like, come on, man. You could have dumped it. You're 6'9", or whatever the height is. I conveniently left out the part in my sales pitch that he won't take accountability, <laughs> refuses to work on his jump shot, passed up a dunk with three minutes left in game seven, left all that out. I, say, I said a layup. It's a, it was a dunk. I mean, 6'9", he could have dunked. Yeah. Yep. I, I watched it. I was like, God. And oh. again – he would cause Jason Kidd to lose his mind because Jason Kidd is he's like the competitive like Kobe. It's all about winning and off-season work and doing these things. And by the way, you mentioned Luca needs a co-star. You've been sleeping on Porzingis lately. Mm -hmm. Porzingis has been good. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Porzingis is perfect. 
he is really good when he's healthy. And he's not this guy that's always injured because his injuries have been based on contact. And he's not a load management guy like Kawhi because Kawhi demands a load management. Uh, Rick Carlisle loaded uh, – Rick Carlisle loaded – load managed Porzingis against his wishes last year and then had him space the floor and stand in the corner. And so what you're seeing right now, if you just look at it, you're seeing New York Knicks Porzingis uh, because Jason Kidd is unleashing it. And just last night, the dude had 24 – he had 22 points, 24 because they rested him second half because they didn't need him. They blew out Charlotte. He had 22 points, um, 12 rebounds, no, 24 points, 12 rebounds, no, 13 rebounds, and five block shots. Most of that in the first half. Most of that in the first quarter. And this was without Luka, and they blew out Charlotte. That's presented. And presented was just all over the place. I mean, it was. That's a good win. And and by the way, that was off of a back to back, and and they blew out Charlotte, where they have played five games in seven nights. I'm talking about Dallas. That, and that was yeah. Porzingis with Porzingis. The, they've won their last two games. On a back-to-back, Porzingis playing both of them because he's ready. He said, I felt better, you know, last night than it did the first game in Oklahoma City. So, again, <laughs> all I'm saying is they need some help, but it's not necessarily a co-star. Yep. They use another guard to, so he won't be James Harden, the highest mm-hmm. user rating in the NBA. Yep. Right now it's Luka. And Luka doesn't need that many touches. He really doesn't. The offense doesn't need to be going through him as much. That's what, that's what they're trying to do. And, again, Ben Simmons would help with that way, but what you got in the playoffs where it matters, you know? No, Nothing. we don't have to worry about that part. You'll take yeah. him. We'll do a three-team trade. Just give a few picks to Oklahoma yeah. City. It's, it's, it, it's, it's, so funny. it's so funny. I saw, you know, how they do these things. They, I saw a three-team play trade where Brzingis winds up in Philadelphia – uh, Simmons winds up in Dallas, and Dorian Finney-Smith winds up in Boston. Boston gives up some picks or something, but they still keep their core. And I was like, okay, that's being creative, and I could see it if it weren't for the – Yep, right the there, heart. the heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> that that is why Ben Simmons is sitting down right now. Put, put like this, He wants to play. It's not like he's Kyrie and wants to play, but he won't take a shot. He wants to play, but – not for what Daryl Morey is asking for. It's like, no, nope. Not he doesn't want to take a there. different type of shot. He doesn't want yeah, to take exactly. that type yeah, of shot. Yeah, exactly. The problem. <laughs> exactly. By the way, speaking of different kind of shots, I don't know if you guys caught uh, um, uh, Joe Buck, what he said about Aaron Rodgers uh, when uh, Aaron Andrews gave him the update about the toe. Did you hear about it? This is serious. He did this impromptu. No, so they're, you know, they're doing the pregame for Fox and Aaron Rod, Aaron, uh, Aaron uh, Andrews is standing on the sideline. She's saying, well, Aaron Rodgers, because of that toe, he took a painkiller. Mm-hmm. And so Joe Buck said, oh, he took a shot to mitigate the pain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's immunized for that. <laughs> yeah, he's, he immunized the pain. <laughs> All right. I have to. That's so perfect. before I get you out of here, Chris, we've had. And I always have to ask Aiden this after every time. We've had a lot of awesome personalities from Dallas on, and it it hurts Aiden because we've we've had RJ Choppy on, Kavanaugh has been on, Kyle Yeomans, Heckma Harrison, Ari Temkin. We've had a ton of guys. All I mean, the, the best media in sports is in Dallas. I say it all the time. And Aiden gets very upset because every time we have another Cowboys 
personality on. He goes, damn it. I, I love these guys. This hurts. <laughs> so did it happen again, Aiden? Oh, yeah. I could have done a whole another hour of uh, talking NBA after we did our NFL interview. <laughs> Bring we can in. do that down the road whenever you guys want. And we'll see, you know what? You know why it's, it's easy for us down here? Our style of radio is not combative. Where in Philadelphia, it's combative. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, that'll wear you out. You know, oh, yeah. it can be fun and clever, but Angelo can wear you out, especially if you're already coming off of a loss and you're having a bad day, you're trying to get through traffic. You might want to hear, but it'll wear you out. You'll be exhausted yeah. when you're finished. Whereas, you know, we're a little bit lighter. We're not kiss ass, but we're lighter, you know? Mm -hmm. You're fun and educational all at the same time. It's awesome. Yeah. We try to be clever. Yeah, so there's there's plenty of that too. All right. Let everybody know how they can follow you on Twitter, where they can listen to you, how they can watch you, all that. Uh, you can listen to us on the Odyssey Odyssey app. Um, that's uh, 1053 The Fan, 1053 thefancom That's here in Dallas. We're the home of the Dallas Cowboys. You can Google all that up. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Chris Arm. Got awesome. you, Dan. You are the man. Thanks for being on with us, Chris. And uh, I hope you're right. Cowboys went out. And uh, maybe we'll have you on again during uh, playoff time. Appreciate it. It'll be fun. And, again, there's a last game against Philadelphia, so that might be a natural situation. Oh, you never absolutely. know. Absolutely. Uh, Aiden, that was another win in terms oh. of guess. I was not blowing smoke at the end when I said that I could have done a whole nother hour just talking NBA basketball. Like, right. that was awesome. Like, I was so caught up in the moment talking to Chris. I didn't even, like, look up in the corner to see what the time was. I was like, I could have just kept going for another half hour. It was awesome. Like, he, he brings the energy. He knows what he's talking about. I love when we have a guest on, too. He's like, yeah, I was talking to Anthony Brown. Yeah, I was talking to Micah. Like, I love the access that. these guys have are awesome, and we I have access that, to them. Yeah, that, like, opened my eyes. I was like, oh, yeah. I forgot that you guys, like, legit talk to these guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, interview them weekly. Uh -huh. All right. So, thank you again to Chris Arnold. Make sure you go follow him on Twitter at Mr. Chris Arnold. And if you are a Cowboys fan, check out 105.3 The Fan. Listen to his tailgate show that's on uh, every week before the pregame show on game days. Before we do our TikToks, Aiden, uh, I don't always do this, but I'm holding your feet to the fire. What happens in the Eagles game this weekend? Win or loss? I am pretty confident. I think the vibes are pretty strong. I will I will definitely know. There's just a sense to it. When you step foot on that parking lot in South Philadelphia, you know. like you, mm -hmm. Your feet touch that pavement, and you have a good idea. So when I hit there on Sunday, I'll know for sure. But almost always, my vibes are are correct. Okay. So we'll see. But I, like I said before, like this is this is, you know, to me, it's just like easy. Like I'm, I'm, I think that they should win this game. I'm pretty confident that they will. And if they can't beat, if, if Washington is, is as hindered as we think they're going to be, and they can't beat them, well, then I mean, we just don't deserve to be in the playoffs. So it's like it, it's, uh, you know. It would be tough to to swallow, but at least I know we don't deserve it. You know, true. Uh, I'm kind of feeling the same way. I I think, like I said earlier, this needs to be a get right game for the offense. Let the defense continue to hunt. At at the same time, of hopefully getting some guys healthy. If you don't have to run Zeke all game, don't do it. Iron Smith obviously isn't playing. I mean, go go beat their heads in. Right. Yeah. Just, I, just, just go demolish this Giants. Dumb I, I totally agree. I, I don't know how much you saw of the Chargers Giants game, but I feel like it could be a bit similar. Maybe not because it'll be colder and you're not playing at that fast L.A. turf. Um, 
Also, we're back. Chargers, we're back. Yep. Oh, yeah. You and I. It depends on the week, but I think we're back. They play the Chiefs this week, yes. so we'll see. Yes. Um, that throw that Herbert made, I didn't think it was ever going to no. come down. No. <laughs> um, I, I, but I think it could be similar to that, where it's just like a double-digit affair the entire game. Like I would, I would enjoy score. not sweating. Yeah. Like this is a game. Like if it were twenty to three Cowboys at halftime, I wouldn't blink twice. Yeah. Don't you or, think? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I I need to go find somewhere to watch this game since the dumb Eagles play at the same time and I'm in that market. So what are you going to do? Uh-huh. All right, let's get into our TikToks. No Vince because his agent said no to us. So maybe next week. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Next week, you might have a sit down interview with yeah. Kirk Herbstreit or something. You, you and I better figure out how to start cutting audio and, and visuals. I know we're going to have to hire an intern to since he has an intern to mm-hmm. now too. we'll yep. see to do our work. Mm-hmm. All right. Two TikToks tonight. We're going to do one that is familiar and one not so familiar. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the unfamiliar one first. We're going to do top five coaches who should and could be fired mm-hmm. at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So five down to one. Um, I think my list is pretty good. I didn't realize how many people should be fired until I started like actually thinking about it. <laughs> you know, did the, the, the same thing happen to you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. And, All right. Um, All right. <laughs> shocker. I don't think Bill Belichick's on this list. Uh, I think he'll be coach of the year. He's six. Big, big game. Yeah. Big game. Big game Saturday night. Yep. This, this could be it one way or another. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Bill Belichick is six. I Never, ever, ever should you ever be confident in beating the Patriots. But no, I just feel like they find the, a way. Yeah, exactly. Look at the but last I, week against the Bills. They threw the ball three times. Mm-hmm. He wore a Navy mask. Like they, they went into that game knowing what they were going to do. Yeah. I have a weird feeling about the Colts this week, though. Like they just realized the magnitude of this because mm-hmm. of the teams that lost this week. If, if they get to eight and six, they're in a commanding position in the playoffs. Like if they, I think they realize the magnitude of this game. So uh, speaking of Bill Belichick and uh, did you see the man in the arena um, with the Tom Brady things, the first Eagles Patriots Super Bowl, when a media member had a planned parade route that he put out for the Eagles Super Bowl parade and Belichick actually put it up in the locker room as motivational Bill Bolton board material. No. That frustrates me so freaking much. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Why would you ever do that? Ugh. Love it. Hate. Hate, hate, hate. Why would you ever do that? Shout out to T.O. though. Nine receptions, 122 yards, one ankle. That was awesome. That was the best. That was my favorite player like that and watching Embiid and Harper this past year. I've never watched more dominant. Imagine if they would have just given T.O. the money. Yeah. Would have worked. Mm-hmm. Would have worked. All right, back to uh, coaches that should be fired. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll just go uh, no triangle tonight, just yep. me to you, and, and boom, you've boom, got boom, five, boom. I've got five. Yep, perfect. Cool. At five, it's Pete Carroll. Listen, the Seahawks, this has to come to an end. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. I expect either Carroll or Russell Wilson will be gone after this season. They have to shake up the way this offense has been going. 
So I had Pete Carroll at five as well, but I didn't put him there because I think he's going to walk away. I think he's going to retire. So I don't think he's going to be fired. Mm -hmm. I think they come to a mutual agreement or he decides to walk away because if Russell Wilson does leave, there's no way he can, he doesn't want to coach a rebuild. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. That you're, you're right. This is such a classic quote unquote, mutually part way situation. So five for me, uh, this is my one shock of the list. I don't know if it's going to happen. I probably isn't, but I've seen his name thrown around a little bit and there's just chaos there and they're just not good is Matt rule. Um, obviously his come home, obviously come his home. offensive coordinator, Joe Brady is gone. Um, it just, it, I know they have a lot of injuries. Um, the quarterback position is a carousel there. I don't think this happens. Don't yell at me. TikTok world. I don't want this to happen. We both love Matt rule, but I, come on. I, I just put him at five because it's a shit show in Carolina. We, I know an open coaching position you can come to. <laughs> come on home, baby. <laughs> oh, I knew you'd love that. <laughs> um, at four, I have David Colley of the Houston Texans. I feel bad. He got his one shot, but I feel like he was just like a one-year stopgap. They are obviously completely blowing this thing up, and they'll continue to do so this offseason and likely move to Sean Watson and just start anew with a new coach in there was just nobody available that wanted to take this job this year. And maybe next year there's someone who's willing to do it, who is a bit more like we're building with this guy for the future. So I didn't put David Culley on my list just because I feel bad for him. One, two, it's not his fault. And three, nobody else wants that job. So, um, yeah. So four for me is Kevin Stefanski. Uh, the Browns just are so up and down. Wow. Um, they are just the Baker Mayfield news. It keeps coming out with how, you know, the the they're putting out my injury news. They're they're underplaying at the coaching staff, but I, I want the injury news out there because it makes me feel, you know, tougher. They're just obviously I think the defense is one of the most talented in the league, but they they play up and down. This team's way too talented to be possibly not even making the playoffs this year. Um so I think he is on the hot seat. I think TikTok's gonna get mad at you for that one. That's fine. I know. Well, they're going to matter us regardless. Mm-hmm. They always do. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that I don't know. I think they have more like you have to figure out this Baker Mayfield thing. Yeah. Um, okay. At three, I have Matt Nagy. This is well overdue. They talk about predictable, boring offenses. That is the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. They've got to get somebody else in to develop Justin Fields. And Matt Nagy clearly isn't that guy. The offense is stale and boring and so is this team and the experiment or whatever you want to call it his tenure has come to a close all right three for me is mike zimmer of the minnesota vikings he's been there a very long time he has a very hot girlfriend who is a model um but he's only and he only has one eye but i think i think it's time to go this vikings team is always uber talented and always disappoints I think the two nails in the coffin this year was one losing to Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys at home and then losing to the winless Vikings as well. So I think it's it's like you said before, what is the, the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That seems like it's every year with this Vikings team and we always get the same result. Yes, Kirk Cousins is there, but they're not going to get rid of him yet. I think Zimmer's gone after this year. 
those losses definitely are uh, helping the Eagles at this point because that is our main competition for the for the playoff spot (laughs) outside of Washington, who we play. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, so at two, I have Urban Meyer, and I want to take my time to somehow defend Urban. Uh The Jaguars are a dysfunctional mess, and they were so before he ever got there. They hire people that everybody in the world says, well, this will be a bad idea. And then they do it anyway. Like when they brought in Tom Coughlin and we were like, well, that seems really dumb. I don't think he'll work out as a player personnel guy. And then all of the players hated him and they blew up an AFC championship team within two years. And then after that, they brought in Urban Meyer and everyone's like, well, this will probably backfire. And it has even more so than we thought it was going to be. And faster. And faster they don't draft well like they have nothing going for them and i think they're going to be a disaster after they fire urban meyer it's so obvious that he should be fired but they have problems there that extend so far beyond urban meyer going to a bar after a thursday night football game and hooking up with a co-ed and i don't think those problems end until they move to london (laughs) They got to do, you know what they're going to do? Hire Doug Peterson. It's so obvious. I think our boy Chase Sr. said it today, but it's, it is like, if you want to do something right, that everyone would be like, okay, now you're doing the right thing. That would be it. Yep. So for that, those reasons as well, I have Urban Meyer at two for me as well. Um, Did you see in the press conference this week when the media was asking him about the one safety um, and they were asking him what, you know, why hasn't he been getting any snaps? They've been calling for this guy a lot. And he's like, well, I think he has been getting more run. He got some plays in there. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but he's been getting more run. He had zero snaps in the game, not one play. This dude doesn't even know who's playing football for him. And all of the, on top of it, you know, calling his his coaches losers, everything coming out of that building is that Trevor Lawrence is doing everything he can for this team. And this coaching staff is absolutely destroying him. Can't happen. They are in a weird spot. I know it's like one year and this sounds like overblown. Like they are in jeopardy. Like he had four interceptions last week. He is not going the right direction. And he was supposed to be a generational talent. And he looks lost and the team looks lost. Also, the reporters who cover the team, it it goes against every big J journalist thing that you learn at your university. But they have to just like make up names and people and ask him about them and see if he like responds as if they're part of the team. And try to trick him into talking about you think players. Aiden Powers is going to get any runs this weekend, Coach? Yeah, you make up names of like movie characters mm-hmm. that played football mm-hmm. and see if see if it works. You have you have that responsibility to the people. Do you think Willie Beeman could be called up from the practice squad this week? Yes, yes. <laughs> I love it, please. All right, at one, it's so obvious the biggest loser to ever walk this earth. Can't believe he was ever given a job in the NFL to begin with. He is a stain on the shield that is the NFL and a league that prides itself on being competitive. He is the opposite of that. It is the biggest loser of all time. Joe Judge, he should be fired. The GM should be fired. His fake tough guy act should be done. He should never get a job outside of a a AAA Pennsylvania high school football team. Joe Judge is the biggest loser to ever coach a football team ever of all time in the history of the NFL. There have been, what, 54 Super Bowls? Joe Judge is the biggest loser in all 54 of those seasons. Since training camp, he has been a disaster. 
the players hated him so much that they retired. They got into the season year three, still hasn't developed a quarterback. The offense is anemic. They develop nothing on offense. His try hard act clearly isn't working. You think that the Jaguars that we talked about or the Texans or the Jets are the worst team in the league over the past four years? No, it's the Giants. Joe Judge, biggest loser to ever walk the earth. Joe Looney legitimately signed from the Dallas Cowboys, left the Cowboys, signed with the Giants, was there one day. He was making them run 100-yard gassers and pads. And Joe goes, I'm out, and literally yeah. walked out of the door <laughs> and now does media relations stuff for the Cowboys and is having the time of his life. So, yes, <laughs> uh, I don't have Joe Judge on my list because I don't think the Giants are going to fire him. I think he's going to be given another year. I really do. I think it's just a giant. I don't think they want a third coach in six years. I don't think they want two, two, and two. And I just feel like that's a giants move to try and I feel like they're, they're like, okay. Cause he, I, he apparently wanted to get rid of Jason Garrett last year and Mara said no. So now I think he has that, like, let me build the staff I want. And he's been this progression here, this progression there. I don't think he deserves to continue. Uh, I think he stinks, but I did my list based on who I think is going to get fired. So what if they fire the GM, bring in a new one and that GM's like, well, I don't care. Like, I don't really, I want to do my own thing. You know? I don't think, I think they will hire a GM telling him that this is your coach and they're not going to, they won't hire somebody that says no. Yeah. So I don't like it, but it's the giants. Uh, so one for me is Matt Nagy. Um, like you said, this, this offense in Chicago is just terrible. Did you see him at halftime um, on the game against the Packers yeah. on Monday night where he's like, this is so much fun. I'm having a lot of fun. This is so much fun. And then it was like the SpongeBob thing. It was like a few moments later like <laughs> on the sideline, just like dead. It was just, it was just picture perfect, poetic. I feel bad for him. He seems like a nice guy, but yeah. all season long, like he was calling the plays and they were terrible. And then they gave play, he gave play calling duties up. The offense looked like a completely different offense. And then he was like, you know, they were asking him like, oh, the offense is doing better now that you, you don't have play coins. Like, I'm, I'm still the head coach. I make decisions. And it's like, dude, stop. You're yeah. Not good. And, and he's not awful because like at one point they were good under him. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure he was in the running for coach of the year or was coach of the year. But it's just, it's just like its, it's one of those. I was going to say it just ran its course. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's just clear. It's over. It's over. All right. Let's go to our happy TikTok, and then we'll get the people out of here. All right. Yeah, let's do it. So this one is the one people are familiar with. This one will be quick. Mm -hmm. It is the power rankings. Top five even, teams in the NFL right now. I'm not even giving analysis. I'm just giving my list. I'll, I can honestly be quick with it. It's just you'll know the names, and you'll know why. Yep. So at five, I have the Patriots. I cannot believe that we let them be good again. It's un. Believable five. I have the Patriots as well. Um, Mac Jones dropped all the way to Bill Belichick. Also, the defense is unreal. Yeah. Um, at four, I have the Cardinals. I know people think they're a fraud after the loss to the Rams. I still think they have a lot of talent. They just got to figure out the game management thing. Four for me. I have the Arizona Cardinals as well. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is a freak. Kyler does his thing, and that defense can ball out and. It's hard to play in Arizona sometimes. So if they get home field advantage, it's going to be, you know, harder to go to Lambeau, but it's still not fun to go to Arizona. It's loud. It's loud. Yep. 
Uh, at three out of the Packers, solid on both sides of the ball. Devontae Adams is uncoverable. Aaron Rodgers is in that last dance mode, and I would not want to go to Lambeau in January. Three, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has figured it out. The offense just put up over, what, 48 points on the Las Vegas Raiders, the most points they've scored in like three years. And the defense, starting with the Dallas Cowboys game, figured it out. At two, I have the Bucks. I just think they have the most weapons on offense of anyone in the league. And obviously, when Tom Brady is throwing to them, that usually leads to good things. So at two, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, two, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well for everything that you said. Plus, um, they have Antonio Brown, who's just been resting and resting and resting and is going to be ready to go when playoff time comes, which is going to be scary. Yep. At one, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Back where they belonged from the beginning of the season on a six-game win streak. The defense has been the one carrying them. They have obliterated the Raiders twice in the span of, what, three weeks? Um, the weapons are back. They're healthy. The defense looks awesome. And Patrick Mahomes, you know, you can trust him with anybody in the league. Uh, one for me, it's the Packers. I think NFC is going to go through Lambeau. They don't even have Bakhtiari back yet, Jair Alexander. Uh, Smith on the defensive line. This defense is balling out um, and the offense can do almost whatever it wants. If they get Cobb back, that's just another addition. Their special teams is horrific. Uh, it's, it's absolutely <laughs> horrific. It's but bad. I think that Aaron Rodgers is on the ultimate middle finger tour this year. It started with the whole thing in the offseason. Then it was just added more fuel to the fire with the immunization and then the, the toe. I think he is on a tear and is going to take this team all the way to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't doubt it, um, especially with the last dance thing. But yeah, I do, I do not want to go to Lambeau in the playoffs. Oh, it is very cold. Yes. Tom <laughs> Coughlin get... almost lost his face there. Yeah, that, that game was unreal. <laughs> I'll never forget his that. His face was like... falling off. Yeah, it literally looked like the scene in Avengers when yes. he snaps his finger and the guys turn like start their skin starts to fall. That was it. That was it. Good list, though. Good TikToks. Good interview. Good episode. Ran long, but we had a lot to talk about. Like we said, it's crunch time. Hey, that's what happens when Vince isn't here. Sorry, Vince. Good Have fun editing. Yeah. Well, no. Who Actually, knows? There's not really much to do. We'll see. Yeah, but yeah, honestly, that was great. Two big divisional games this week. This is what it's all about: divisional games in December with playoff implications. So this should be a lot of fun. I will, I will, uh, I'll tweet when I'm when my feet touch the pavement on Sunday. I will tweet and let let us know how we're how we're feeling. Hopefully, this episode is out before you send that tweet on Sunday. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Thank you to everybody. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Birds vs. Boys Pod. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram. We are on Spotify. There's actually visual on Spotify, too. You can watch our beautiful faces as well as on YouTube, Apple, and wherever else you like to listen to podcasts. Hit those five stars. Subscribe. And tell your friends. Tell your family. Thanks for listening. This has been episode 95 of Birds vs. Boys. We are closing in on 100, which... I believe we'll be heading into the Eagles Cowboys or we'll be heading into the first week of the playoffs, which also could be Eagles Cowboys. I, I think it should. Yeah. I was about to say that would be remarkable. Let's hope it happens. 
Enjoy the games, everybody. Chris Hansen here, and I'm gonna need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Like Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yep. Hey, idiots. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upset alert. Upset alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope Dude, is gone. Hope. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. That is the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching.